coming to you from St. Petersburg, Florida. You're listening to the St. Petersburg Foodies Podcast, the show that's the authority on where to eat in St. Pete. Here are your hosts, Kevin Godby and Lori Brown. Hi, I'm Kevin Godby. And I'm Lori Brown. Thank you for tuning in today. Welcome to the St. Petersburg Foodies Podcast, the podcast that's it when it comes to restaurants and food information in St. Pete. And be sure to check out our website, stpetersburgfoodies.com. There you'll find great information, including restaurant reviews, the largest St. Pete happy hour list ever created and kept updated, and information on the newest restaurants in town. We are locals that live in downtown St. Pete, and we've been eating our way through this town for years, so you don't have to, but you should. We are a weekly podcast with new episodes coming out every Tuesday afternoon, which you can listen to whenever you feel like it, because it's a podcast, and hopefully you'll subscribe and give us a good review on iTunes or wherever you like to listen. On today's show, we start off in the test kitchen eating Abby's new recipe for Valentine's Day, and we're already feeling amorous. For our featured interview, we continue our series from last week where we talk to local independent business owners that are not in the food or restaurant business. Today, we have mega foodie and home chef extraordinaire, Tim Johnson. After that, we'll play our music segment, open our lunchbox, share our tip of the week, and have a gluten-free wrap-up. All of that is coming up on today's episode of the St. Petersburg Foodies Podcast. So grab a snack, pour a drink, and relax while we serve up the show. Last month, I mentioned that I decided that a natta was the perfect choice for Kevin's birthday dinner, and it certainly was. We hadn't had a cheese and charcuterie board in quite some time because we'd been so intent on getting through the rest of the menu. I had forgotten how spectacular they are. Wouldn't you agree, honey? They have amazing cheese and charcuterie boards. Actually, that's what they became famous for and what everybody usually thinks about with a natta. Yeah. I mean, we dove into that delectable selection of cheese, charcuterie, and accompaniments that go with them so fast and just couldn't stop coming up with different concoctions to sample. That thing was gone really quickly. Yeah, you're really good at figuring out how to make different combinations of things, so I just copy you. Yes, I love putting the Dijon mustard and the honey with different cheeses and such, and I almost got oh, the dark chocolate too. It was so good. Not to mention, it's a work of art when it arrives at your table. Anata is definitely one of our favorite restaurants downtown, and a huge local's favorite as well, for every day and for every special occasion. So if you haven't been lately, I encourage you to do so for their unparalleled wine selection, cheese and charcuterie, and creative and scrumptious flatbreads, pastas, entrees, and specials. You really must go to Anata. Anata Restaurant and Wine Bar is located at 300 Beach Drive. They open every day at 4 o'clock. Welcome to the St. Petersburg Foodies Podcast. We are, well... We, we're past the holidays, but we're not. Next month, we have Valentine's Day, even though it's, it's January 22nd for this podcast uh, broadcast, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. It doesn't. <laughs> anyway, Valentine's Day is coming up, and sometimes we go out to dinner to a nice romantic restaurant. I think most times we have. We've cooked in before. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And we've done a lot of, uh, well, we've done a few top 10 lists of most romantic restaurants. So for this year, we want to do something different. We want to stay in and have a romantic dinner at home. So we need to turn to Abby Allen, our test kitchen official chef of the St. Petersburg Foodies podcast. Correct. Hey, Abby. How's it going? Hi. You make it sound so official. (laughs) (laughs) And you decided, I'm I'm definitely going to let you describe the recipe and the ingredients and everything. Sure. But scallops is the main protein part of it Mm -hmm. and Lori's like we're going to be eating scallops at 10 in the morning (laughs) but then I asked her if she wanted a beer and that was no problem (laughs) well you know it goes with it so this is a we have a recipe on the website right now on stpetersburgfoodies.com look just look for the latest one it's a romantic dinner for valentine's day and this will give you enough time to prepare and it's so amazingly delicious yes it was very very good Abby thank you tell us Yes, so um, scallops that are actually crusted in a little bit of cornmeal for a little bit of texture, quick sear in the cast iron sealet with arugula, 
watermelon radish, grapefruit, bacon, and a chimchurri sauce. Pretty simple to make. Honestly, the toughest part of the whole process is segmenting the grapefruit. Other than that, it comes together in a cinch and dinner in 30 or less. Yeah. And, it, and it looks pretty and it tastes amazing. Yes, it did. And the combination of the, and it's pink grapefruit that you use. Yes. The, uh, the, the tanginess, the citrus with the bacon and mm-hmm. the crunch of the bacon. And the different textures because you have yeah. the nice soft texture of the grapefruit against the crunch of the bacon and then the arugula in there mixed with it. And then, of course, the scallops cutting like butter. Yep. And then, of course, the watermelon radishes. Which oh, yes, yes. I, I think love I those. forgot to mention those earlier. And I will put watermelon radishes on anything so and I. everything. Yes, they're so pretty. When I find them in the grocery store, I buy them 10 at a time. I'm not even mm-hmm. kidding. Buy the pound or two. And they last for a long time. But if you can't find watermelon radishes, because they can be hard to find. They have them a lot of times at the Saturday morning market. Yes. Yeah, yeah. So this time of year, they should be easy to grab down there. And then Whole Foods has them from time to time as well. This is the time of year I usually find them with some ease in the grocery store. But if you can't find them, you can always use regular radishes. Where did you do your shopping for this one? Whole Foods. You know what? I... A little bit of everywhere. For this one, um, so I got the radishes from Whole Foods, the, a lot of the produce from Rollin' Oats, and then the scallops came, and the bacon came from Locale. So Awesome. All great places yeah. to go shopping. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Yes. And when you first told me about the, the, what we were going to have, I wasn't sure. I didn't, I'm like, hmm, okay, I guess it's romantic. But then as soon as you, <laughs> as soon as you see it, it looks pretty, mm-hmm. and then... Then when you eat it, it's like, yeah, you, you're, you're going to want to show your thanks for that meal. <laughs> <laughs> Just for Valentine's Day, after all. <laughs> and my goal with this recipe, I mean, this is great for everyone. You can, I mean, whether you've been dating for a couple of months or someone you've been with for years and years and years, mm-hmm. I mean... It comes together in, like I said, under 30 minutes, and it's something that you don't have to be intimidated by. Scallops are something that I feel that a lot of people can get intimidated by. Oh, I think by. most people are intimidated yeah, by them. Yeah, because they are, you know, easy to overcook, and they, they get are. chewy and tough, or you let them sit, they get cold, and so on and so forth. But rest assured, I, t- I can talk you through it. It's super easy. Um, please don't be intimidated. Um, another thing I wanted to add, if you for fellow sous vide fans. I was gonna say, that's yes. what we do. We sous vide our scallops yes. and they are perfect you every time. Cut them with a spoon. Oh yes. Yeah, so if you wanted to, you know, use the sous vide, I can, there is a, a section in there that I will talk about, that I talk about um, sous videing them. All you have to do is just sear them for 30 seconds after, so. Right, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Awesome, and we also have Mike here. Hello. <laughs> hey Mike, and Mike, Mike helped just, uh, little while ago in the kitchen yeah yeah uh, i was telling abby and i was telling you guys uh, I'm, I'm a novice in the in the kitchen uh not a great chef but uh this is something that i could make uh the hardest part for me would be the chimchurri sauce um actually last night uh, we, we had some scallops and i actually did the scallops last night mm-hmm. just like i did this morning so yeah you did a great job so easy even mike can do it see <laughs> <laughs> at least that's what mike said yeah and, and i will i will add you know the the um Watermelon radishes do add a nice spice to the dish. They do. They have spice, yeah. Otherwise, right? Mm-hmm. So the watermelon radishes are kind of a key component. And as Abby mentioned, you could just replace with regular mm-hmm. radishes for that spice. Right. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. a, and arugula is also a bit nutty yeah. yes. in flavor. So it get, that adds something yes. to it as well. Yeah, and that, w- that reminds me, Mike, that uh, we, we, set, we put the food out, and I grabbed the salt and pepper and put it on the table, and it was untouched. And that's a miracle when it comes to mm-hmm. me. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I salt everything. Yeah, me too with the pepper. I salt my salt. Yeah. <laughs> I add pepper to everything as well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you got plenty of flavors going on. No need for any extra sauces or, you know, it's simple. It's, I want to say, less than, you know, 10 ingredients. And, I mean, you have an easy, easy and delicious So tell dinner. us about the chimichurri sauce because I don't, I've never made that before. So I, I would be intimidated by that. Right. Too. Well, I'll tell you, if you have a food processor. I do. Yeah, <laughs> there you go. So all, I mean, chimichurri, we put it on meat. We put it on everything. You can marinate your chicken in it. You can marinate any kind of meat. It's a great addition for any dish to take it up an, an extra notch. Um, 
Now in my chimichurri, I use cilantro, uh, parsley, agave for a little sweetness, red wine vinegar, garlic, uh, one Fresno chili that's seeded and stemmed, of course, some olive oil, and I want to say that's salt and pepper. pepper, Yeah, and that's that's it. Throw it in the food processor, let it blend until it's smooth, and that's that. Was there cilantro in today's? I made you a special one. She's so I sweet. Made... I was going to say, because I liked it, and there couldn't have been cilantro <laughs> in there. <laughs> I made Lori a special one with parsley only, because I know she doesn't like cilantro. Thank so, you. Thank you. Yes. We put that chimchurri on a lot of stuff. We, we use it on steak pretty regularly. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so it's like two recipes in one for this mm-hmm. month. Right. You know, chimichurri recipe you can use with other so stuff. Yes. How long do you think that could, would hold up in the fridge? You can make a big batch of it and just... Yeah. Well, the the amount that I have in the recipe, I mean, it you will have extra. So mm-hmm. I would say at least, you know, uh, covered in the fridge for about a week and, mm-hmm. you know, you would be Or you fine. could even freeze it probably. You could probably... Yeah, that would be smart. And then that way you could keep it for mm-hmm. months, mm-hmm. you know, so... Awesome. So guys and girls, if you want to impress... Your other half for Valentine's Day. Here you go. Here's uh, Abby's recipe. What do we call it? Scallops? Scallops. Uh, yeah, with chimichurri <laughs> and on a bed of arugula and some radish and grapefruit. Yeah. There you go. We call it the St. Pete Foodies slash Abby's Romantic Dish <laughs> for any time. Not <laughs> just Valentine's Probably Day. Probably chimichurri scallops would be an easier way yeah. to just call yep. it. Yeah. There we go. It's there chimichurri scallop on stpetersburgfoodies.com. Thanks, Abby. You're more than Thanks, welcome. Thanks, Abby and Mike, both for being here. Yes, of Thank course. You. Thanks for having and us. And we also have Lola in the house. She's right. sitting on mom's lap. Being great. Being great, <laughs> napping away. She is. We will be right back, whether you like it or not. Thanks for listening to the St. Petersburg Foodies podcast. On this episode, we're continuing our series featuring local business owners that are not in the restaurant or food business, but they are total foodies. Our guest today is Dr. Tim Johnson, formerly of Spine and Sports Therapy. Now he is involved in two other new medical businesses, newer, and I'm going to give him the title of Super Foodie. <laughs> so welcome to the show, Tim. Thank you, Kevin. Yes, so welcome. I can't help but notice all of the amazing looking food that you post on Facebook. Here's just a few things. This is, this is like a typical week for Tim. Roddy, paella, deep dish pizza, Chicago style, with sausage, onions, sun-dried tomatoes, and artichokes. That he made himself. Yeah. Homemade spicy sausage lentil soup with fresh-baked naan, schnitzel, andouille flatbread with barbecue sauce and gouda cheese, rosemary roasted young hen, and if I, we could make a list from the floor to the ceiling. You're, you're cooking up a storm over there. Well, I love food. I've always loved food. At a young age, I had to eat to gain weight to play football. And so I'd come up with uh, interesting ways to make things tasty so I could eat as much as I can. Now, unfortunately, with the metabolism being slower, um, I have to pick and choose what I eat and, and give most of it away. Right. Right. That's, I, we understand that completely. <laughs> <laughs> But it's kind of my stress reliever, I think. You know, it's, it's my outlet to uh, have fun, be creative, show love and concern, you know, to, to everybody that I know, friends and family. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of my, my outreach. Right. I get that. So do you have any uh, early influences uh, for cooking? Yeah, believe it or not, the Galpin Gourmet. Ah, that's awesome. I remember that show. <laughs> I used to, uh, it was on uh, WEDU or something like that. And that uh, was in the 70s, I think. That right? was in the 70s. Mm-hmm. And then there was uh, Julia Child, and that was it. There was no Food Network. Right. Didn't exist back then. There was no cable, I don't think, then either. No. <laughs> How old were you when you started watching the Galpin Gourmet? Probably about seven or eight. Really? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, so you I, really I, were influenced early on. Ex- exactly. And, and my sister used to joke, uh, she would ask me for a cup of water, and I'd come back with a cup of water with lemons in it and cherries. <laughs> Specially shaped ice cubes. <laughs> Do you remember any of the like, first things you ever cooked as a kid? Wow. First things, I would, I would just take something normal and just kind of make it a little bit more interesting, a little bit more fancy. Spices. My dad... Grew up in Chicago and uh, worked in the steel mills, and so he'd have tamales all the time from the little food stands. Nice. So that was one of his favorite things. So we used to spice up 
you know, food. I, I would just try to invent things. Some things, sometimes they would be, you know, edible, and sometimes they would not be edible. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, the, the first time that I, uh, I think I'd, I had already met you, but the first time I realized that you're a foodie, at one of Robert's race parties, and you made uh, banh mi sandwiches for everybody. Like, you brought over everything and cooked there. It's not like you showed up with sandwiches made. Yeah, I'd, sometimes I don't trust picking up sandwiches. There, <laughs> there's places I like to go, but if I know I make it myself, I know know how it comes out, and it's a little bit more personal. So other than picking chicken wings up at uh, Hooters and bringing it over to a party, <laughs> you know, it, I like to make it a little bit more personal, especially when somebody's opening up their own uh, their own place. Yeah, and you make all types of cuisines. I mean, all different uh, ethnicities of cuisines. I try. Uh, I really love Asian and trying to experiment in Asian. Indian, I think I fall short on. Uh, that naan you s- saw was probably the 15th time of, of trying it. Uh, it finally turned out good. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I like anything. There's probably not a food I won't eat. I'm similar to that as yeah, well. Yeah, I was going to yeah. say, you sound like Kevin. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll try anything once, and then I'll try to replicate it once, you know, mm-hmm. at home. That's cool. I, I don't do that as often as I used to uh, in my earlier days, when I was maybe like in my 20s and maybe early 30s even. I would go to a restaurant, and I don't think I ever ask, but occasionally certain places will tell you, oh, this has these ingredients. They tell you what's in it, and then I try to, I do the same thing. I try to figure it out, go home, and try to recreate it. Did good a couple of times. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Well, practice always makes perfect. Yeah. Do you know what you're making for dinner tonight? Uh, Tonight, actually made a bunch of soup. So we made a, that was last night. So that's going to be our food for the rest of the week. It's a, a borscht. So to fit with the weather and uh, with time now, with my new two uh, companies that I work with, it's limited. So we tend to make a big dish and then we can kind of munch off it the rest of the week. Yeah, cool. And I love soup. I used to uh, uh, have soup when I used to work in an office. Same thing makes, you know, you make, there's no such thing as a small batch of soup. So I'd have soup (laughs) like every day for lunch and I'd eat at my desk because I was like trying to climb the corporate ladder and I wanted to like, no, I can't take too much of a break. I I'm going to eat at my desk while I'm working and smell up the whole office. Like, everybody's <laughs> like, oh my God, that smells so good. Can you bring more? Can you bring enough for everybody? And the good thing about soup is you can throw a few vegetables in there and you've got your three or four servings of vegetables that you're supposed to have for the day and you don't have to worry about getting all these other side dishes right. you know, together. And it's always different. You can always make it, you know, one way or the other, however you want to do it. So exactly. Soup's a great so thing. So when you decide, oh, you know, I feel like making whatever, do you, well, I imagine, obviously, it's things that you've made a lot. You already, you don't have any reference. But do you, do you go look for recipes online? Do you have a, a certain website that you use or a book or? I'll, I'll pull up online a lot of recipes. I mean, I have a lot of recipe books. It's a little tedious sometimes to look through them. So nowadays, it's easy just to Google search it. and Exactly. Okay, I'm trying uh, roti. Um, how do we do roti? And then I'll look up, get a couple of reviews on the recipes, make the roti, and then the lamb stew I may just make from, you know, kind of memory. Mm-hmm. A, yeah. lot of, a lot of times I'll look it up and combine a couple of recipes together because I'm like, oh, that sounds like that'd be good. And that'd be really good with that. And yeah, it's exactly. kind of cool to do that. Yeah, I do the same thing. Yeah. I look at like three or four recipes and take bits and pieces and ideas yeah. and, and, then, and then put them away, put them aside. So you said that your, your father's from Chicago. Where did you grow up? I grew up here. The whole family grew up in Chicago. Uh, they moved down here in 57. I was my mom's last hurrah in 61. Uh, she was 43 when she had me. And so oh, wow. we, they all grew up down here. And, and in Chicago, I, I was only here. I loved, and some place to visit for food is Chicago. Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. We know. You, you, you know, we think about New York and all the food that we, is available in New York, which it is, but mm-hmm. Chicago is a great place it's to eat. It's fabulous. We were just there in, uh, was it May or? May. Yeah, yeah, last year in May. Mm-hmm. Last year in May. And uh, yeah, it was fa- fabulous. And, and I could, even commented that too. I said, I'd rather come back here than New York. I love New York, but I love Chicago. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Do you have any uh, favorite places that you like to shop for ingredients? Kurt would appreciate this. Mazzaro's is one of my favorite awesome. places. We love uh, Mazzaro's. I'll go in for a loaf of bread and walk out with about $300 worth of <laughs> cheese yeah. and, and salami. I like going to Whole Foods. They're, mm-hmm. they're, they, they offer some good, fresh produce and varieties. I love shopping at Dean and DeLuca's when I'm in New York. Mm-hmm. 
and actually Publix here locally mm-hmm. ha- offers a, a good variety of foods. But those are probably most of the places that I that I go to. Mm-hmm. Um, the Vietnamese markets. Mm-hmm. Where, yeah. where, where where do we find that? There's a restaurant called Mekong on uh, 34th Street, right just next to it. There's a Asian market yeah, that's just seen, un- okay. unbelievable. In that whole area, there's several. And there's little pop-up ones that they're really small. You you don't even know it's market. You walk in there and it's just amazing. The the food they offer, uh, they'll cook it right there in the restaurant for you. The cost, mm-hmm. it's mm-hmm. it's very inexpensive. Right. Do you have any favorite uh, food shows that you like to watch? I think uh, Bobby Flay obviously is. I think he gets overplayed, but mm-hmm. uh, I, I watch some of his. David Rosengarten from back in the early days. I don't know what happened to him. I used to love to watch his show uh, in the early days of Food Network. I liked the late, great Anthony Bourdain was, was uh, just inspiring, interesting, and exciting to watch. Uh, God rest his soul. Yes. Andrew Zimmerman gets on my nerves, but it's, he's fun. <laughs> he's, he's fun to watch as well. Mm-hmm. Awesome. We're going to take a short break, and then we'll be back, and we're going to learn about uh, what Tim does when he's not cooking and eating. When you think of engine number nine, what do you typically think of, Kevin? Amazing burgers. Yes, very creative, very inventive, kick-ass burgers. But they also have a great New Orleans-inspired other half of the menu. Remember the gumbo I had recently? Ooh, that was really good and nice and spicy. I was surprised you finished it. I know. The roux is just so flavorful and delicious. Besides the gumbo, they also have jambalaya, a few sriracha dishes, and the hot dogs are awesome. And you can't forget the best fried pickles in town. And I am talking pickle spears. Yeah, I've seen you eat those pickles for your whole meal. Yeah, for my birthday once, remember? But what we're trying to say is check out engine number nine for your favorite burger and so much more. Yes, you will love engine number nine. They're in downtown St. Pete on the corner of First Ave North and MLK. And try the Black Flag Burger and the Chili Dog. You can thank me later. Engine, engine number nine. Going down the railroad line. We are back with super foodie Tim Johnson. But when he's not being a super foodie, he is in the medical business, yes? Correct. So you used to have a... Chiropractor practice. Yes. I I was a chiropractor for about 28 years. Started the practice here locally. I had the privilege of working with the Rays, the baseball team, for many years. Unfortunately, my joints have worn down. I've had three knee surgeries, three shoulder surgeries, and I've got to get my shoulders replaced. So I sold my business. Uh, yeah, that's a physical business. <laughs> it, it is. It is. Yeah. And when you're working on ball players, they, they, yeah. they, they uh, wear you down even quicker. I'm sure. I had the privilege of selling it to a great chiropractor, Tim Szymanski, who operates out of the same building. I still own the building. Mm-hmm. And knowing that I would have to get out eventually, started in medical sales. Mm-hmm. And uh, genetics has always intrigued me, even when I was in biology way back when uh, in, in uh, college. And so I've gotten into one of the businesses uh, testing for genetics. So predicting for heart attacks, uh, long QT syndromes, all kinds of cardiomyopathies that are inherited. If you know it's in a family member, mm-hmm. then you can get all the family members tested it and, and get preemptive uh, uh, treatment. Also, DNA testing for how you process drugs. Some people process drugs very well. Some people don't and have mm-hmm. adverse drug reactions. And not, so, not just recreational drugs. Really. Not just rec- <laughs> it, it, it probably predicts <laughs> recreational drugs as well, but more uh, the psychotropic drugs uh, that a neurologist or psychiatrist would prescribe, cardiologists, and even you know family medicine, internal medicine. So uh, for someone, say, that was adopted and didn't know their their family history, you could help them with their genetics? Genetics or personalized medicine has really taken a big part in all of uh, medicine today. It's one part of the history. History is probably the most important thing you can get from a patient when you interview them. Mm-hmm. It's one part of the history they can't give you. And so this, this will tell you how they respond to drugs, the likelihood of cancer, likelihood of cardiac diseases, and the likelihood of the response to treatment for cancer. Now, with what you do in that business, 
are you dealing with doctors or are you dealing with patients? Mostly with physicians or facilities and laboratories. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, so people, I, don't, people don't come to you directly and say, I want to have these tests done? Occasionally. They say, how do we get my doctor to order the test? Got and, it. And then I facilitate it. But mostly I deal with physicians. Interesting. And that's for Johnson & Johnson Medical Solutions? Yes. And you also do some work with uh, National Wound Care. Yes, National Wound Care uh, Contracts with facilities, skilled nursing facilities, and hospitals, we provide a wound vac service that is 40% of the cost of traditional wound vac service, so it mm-hmm. saves facilities money, heals on average about 20 days quicker, and so with the everybody in, in diabetes nowadays having diabetic ulcers, and wound vacs and wound care is, is becoming a, a, a huge thing in the medical industry, and to do it more effectively, cost-effectively, and treatment effectively is, is, is substantial. Are you local, national? With National Wound Care, I'm mostly local. State of Florida is mm-hmm. my limited territory uh, for National Wound Care. And then uh, genetics, we can... I contract with uh, physicians in New York, Miami, um, mm-hmm. and, and in performance of the testing. And I could tell by your Facebook a while back, a little while back, a couple months ago, you were in Miami for a different reason, at a party. I was in Miami for uh, Art Basel, and my wife, who uh, represents uh, a designer nationally or internationally, they had a party at a, I'm not sure if I can mention his name, but a famous rapper's house. And uh, we got last to... name Brown, <laughs> like Lori, related to Lori. It wasn't me. Her last name. <laughs> but we got to. It was an interesting party. They shut down all your jammed all your cell phones and oh, internet, wow. so you couldn't tell who was. You couldn't blast out who was at the party. Oh, that's cool. Chris Brown's yacht arrived uh, via via the water and uh, at uh, Palm Island, I think the the island was called. And got to meet some interesting people. I'm not a good person at recognizing celebrities. My wife is. Mm-hmm. So there was probably a lot of people there that I had no idea right. who they were. Right. And they were probably fine with that. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. If you're a celebrity, you like hanging around me because I don't know you. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. I, I didn't mean to just jump off of the, the medical business stuff, but when you mentioned Miami, it reminded me of that. And I wanted to give you some chance to brag a little bit. Well, <laughs> what was fun was two years ago, we were at Art Basel and we're staying at the Fountain Blue. And some of the best things on vacations or trips just kind of happened by accident, not planned. I just happened to look on my Instagram and saw that Scott Conant was coming down and revamping Scarpetta menu at uh, the Fountain Blue. So I talked to the concierge. I talked to staff. Nobody knew about it. And uh, so I finally t- got the Mater D at the restaurant where it was. I caught him and I said, hey, listen, do you mind if we kind of show up? And after the meeting, if he's available, you know, just say hi to him. So we uh, found out when the meeting was he was having with the, cooks, with the cook staff and uh, sat at the bar. And uh, he came out and he spent about a half an hour wow. Wow. talking to us. He shaved truffles on oh, my pasta. That's awesome. And I finally had to say, listen, Scott, I know you're busy. You don't have to spend <laughs> all this time. But probably the nicest guy I met off, I've met a few people from Food Network, but just generally the, the nicest guy you'll ever meet. Wow, that's, that's very cool. really a neat story. Yeah, yeah and it's just, cool. you know, just happened to happen. Yeah, those are the best kinds of things, yeah. Now that we're back on food, and let's bring it back to St. Pete, do you have any favorite restaurants? I would have to say I, I love the take that uh, the mill does on Southern food. That's one of my favorite places to go. Il Returno mm-hmm. uh, with David. I'm kind of torn because I like the, the coziness of the former restaurant, which was kind of fun mm-hmm. to be in. Mm-hmm. But, but, but the way he's, he's redone the restaurant is very nice as well. Tigran Kachaturian uh, oh, with Sola. Mm-hmm. He, he's one that's not afraid to experiment. Exactly, And that's what I wish we could see a little bit more experimentation in new foods in St. Pete. It's hard to do because right. maybe we're not that sophisticated of a palate in St. Pete. I don't know. Right. right. But uh, I know they tried, Jeremy tried to do it at Cassis and some of it worked with the, but it was good. Right. The mm-hmm. blood sausage they had mm-hmm. a oh, yeah. long time ago. It was awesome. Best oh, yeah. one I ever had. Yeah. 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 You're like me. You like to try everything and 
when I was a kid and we go out to dinner with the family, the way I would pick what I was going to order that night was I would go down the menu, the list of items, and the first thing I hit that I've never had before, that's what I'm getting. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he definitely pushes me out of my comfort zone. You know, the one thing I think we need here in St. Pete we don't have is a really just a fresh local seafood place that serves Florida seafood. Some of the best clams in the country come from Florida. Mm-hmm. Obviously, we have grouper, we have snapper, we have all kinds of fresh items and shrimp and Key West shrimp. But, you know, you go into most of the restaurants, where are we getting our seafood from? You right. know, in Seattle or in Salmon. You know. Well, have you mm-hmm. been to Trophy Fish yet? No, I've heard a lot about it. Yeah. And They only uh, serve what they caught. That's that's what we yeah. need. So I, I, that's definitely one of my next and stops. It's, it's only an outdoors restaurant, so you kind of have to time it for when it's good to sit outside. But yeah, it was really it was nice the, t- the couple times. We yeah, met. we enjoyed it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they're kind of they're kind of doing what you're talking about, right? Only local stuff. So we have a lightning round that we do with chefs. Usually they're chefs from restaurants, but you're you're up there with those guys. <laughs> so so we get to do a lightning round with you. So ready? Yeah, I'm ready. Okay. Olive oil or butter? butter okay ranch or blue cheese blue cheese nice okay this one might be tough thai or indian thai okay bacon or sausage bacon bacon okay cheddar or swiss swiss ribeye or filet mignon ribeye Awesome. You, you got an A on that one. Yeah. <laughs> that, the, that would be both of our answers, too. Yeah, there's no, no question on that. The flavor in a, rib, in a, in a well-cooked ribeye, uh, the flavors. Cooked in butter. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Tim, thank you so much for taking time to talk with us about uh, food and stuff. Yes, thank, thank you. Thank you, Kevin and Lori. I appreciate it. We'll be right back. This is Chris Walker. Word on the street is there's a new fish bar coming to town named Alto Mare, and we are super excited about this new space and this menu. Alto Mare means deep sea in Italian. It's located right next door to Anata on Beach Drive, and it's also owned by the same owners, Kurt and Mary Cucaro of Mazzaro's. They will be featuring creations from our very own rising star in the chef world, who you may know from Anata, Joshua Breen. The interior feeling, it's elegant, light, and airy, has a coastal feel. And they will be featuring specialty fish entrees from different types of seafood from all across the U.S. They will have things flown in every day, fresh. They will have a nice wine list featuring whites and bubbles with a few reds thrown in. Look for Alto Mare to debut in the month of January. For more information and pictures, please go to stpetersburgfoodies.com and read the full write-up. In case you can't tell, we can't wait for Alto Mare Fish Bar to open. Alto Mare Fish Bar will be located at 300 Beach Drive in beautiful downtown St. Petersburg. When they do open, they will be open every day at 4 p.m. Welcome back to the St. Petersburg Foodies Podcast. Our music segment, which showcases local artists, is brought to you by One Step Media and Kate Reuter. One Step Media provides management, marketing, and booking services to independent artists, and Kate herself is also a singer-songwriter. Today, our musical guest is Jordan Esker, the frontman of the band Jordan Esker and the 100%. They have established themselves as Florida's soft rock staple. They consistently tour through America's Southeast, bringing their harmony-heavy show that climbs with emotional intensity and crashes with a harmonically rich bang. While known for the somber and serious tone set with his debut album, Jordan Esker and the 100% have the live presence of four brothers egging each other on. Fail to Learn reflects the nature of each member and is consequently brighter and has a more positive attitude, with pit stops at 70s Yacht Rock, Modern Gospel, 60s Wall of Sound, and Experimental Noise. The band maintains their emo soul status and cranks the organ, saw synths, heavy drums, and clustered guitar chords to drive ever further into what future American heartland rock will sound like. Hey, Jordan, how are you? Good. How are you? Thanks. Excellent. Thanks for Thanks. coming in today. Yeah, totally. We, we've been, we've been digging the music. Thank you. Which I'm we're going to play in a moment. But first, 
As usual, we have the Fast Five foodies questions. All right. No right or wrong answer. Well, depends who, yeah. who you ask. But <laughs> <laughs> what's your favorite food? Gosh, I'm really, I'm like undeniably a bread person. So as of the last year, I've just fully accepted that I love pastries. And so pretty much any pastries, especially like things that like apple or, you know, like kind of like warmer type flavors. I'm really into like warm flavors, spices, nice. uh, type things. And where do you normally get that stuff? Well, I think it comes up on the on the food question later, but I do really like, there's a few bakeries I like actually. Yeah, well, it uh, kind of ties in. The next question is what's your favorite restaurant? Yeah, okay. Pretty much uh, Craft Cafe, pretty much go there every mm-hmm. weekend. So that's like right downstairs. Yeah, yes, it is. It is. Yeah. Right, it's right over there. <laughs> right there. Yeah. Crazy. <laughs> so yeah, I pretty much ended up going there every weekend. My girlfriend and I go over there every weekend, and I used to go to the old one too when that when this one didn't exist. Uh, there's a lot of other ones that I really like that are great. It's cool because the uh, they have Valhalla now, mm-hmm. which is really good. Mm-hmm. Um, in the bomb market in Avocado Valley, I think it's called, is a great place. I just went there once, but I was really blown away because I love Mediterranean stuff. Cool. Um, awesome. We'll have to I, check that out. We haven't been yeah. there. Mm-hmm. But I have like, I have a huge list of things <laughs> I could get. Like I have a lot of restaurants I like around here. So that's awesome. Yeah, yeah. You were you were telling me that you are really into food. Yeah, definitely. It's like my second favorite thing, next to music. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Salt or pepper? I used to be a pepper person, and um, I've gotten really into salt since I've started applying more of it, like mm-hmm. in cooking preparation. And I've realized I read that book. Or I'm almost done reading the book, Salt, Fat, Acid, Heat. Oh, cool. Just this past we just weekend, we watched episodes. Did all you? four episodes, yeah. Yeah, it's, um, I just finished it as well, actually. And so I, I was reading the book. The book is really good, though. It, it's like that times 100, you know, oh, wow. with all the detail. Nice. Um, so it's very informative, and it really changed my approaches in cooking, and I use more salt now, and I'm not afraid to use it and use it properly, mm-hmm. I guess. Right. I, I learned the same thing as well, yeah. 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 It's cool. Cilantro. Love it or it tastes like soap? Oh, definitely. I definitely love it. I actually just ate it right when, right before I got here. I was eating some noodles like <laughs> oh, covered cool. in cilantro. Nice. <laughs> and can you cook? Yeah, I think so. Sometimes, like last night, I didn't do very good with my cooking. I like just made fish and bok choy and potatoes, but I did not do... I wasn't very creative. So if I feel very rushed, I don't enjoy it and I um, don't do very well at it but if I if I take my time and I have like a new type of thing that I want to try mm-hmm. then I enjoy it mm-hmm. yeah that, like that it. reminded me like yeah if, if I a lot of times when I cook at home I'll just do a baked fish and I just put some olive oil over it yeah. some herbs and seasonings from the pantry and usually that's what doesn't get posted because it's not fancy enough yeah but it's pretty darn good yeah, simple, it works. Simpler, simple is better a lot of times. Most of the time, yeah. So, on to the music. I, did, I checked out the new album, Fail to Learn. Thank you. And I had two favorite songs I couldn't choose between. Mm-hmm. So, we're going to feature one today and the other one next week. Awesome. So, you're, you're going to be our that. first double header. That's great. Thank to, you. Today, we're going to feature No Point. And I was telling you before off mic that the beginning right away reminded me of another song. Not that the songs are similar at all, but there's, there's some sound effects that are kind of sci-fi-like mm-hmm. that could be like a good soundtrack for a, uh, you know, a thriller or science, science fiction movie. Yeah. It reminded me of a song by, that came out in 1982 by Aldo Nova. So first, here's the beginning of, of your song. And now here's the beginning of the song Fantasy by Aldo Nova. So again, not not exactly the same sound sure. effects, but this do you get what I mean with like the Yeah, vibe? that's yeah. that's probably like a bunch of synths that they just, you know, programmed in the right way, which right. is kind of what I did, but I was more so using something that was happening like it was a mistake 
and there was some sort of frequency problem going around with the electronics in my synth because oh, I had because I had it plugged in two different ways into the computer, so I kind of just like turned it way up and then chopped it up and stuff. Cool. Yeah, it's fun. Yeah. So yeah. now, w- once we get into the uh, the music mm-hmm. and the song, what really caught my ear are the the harmonies mm-hmm. and the style. Would that be the '60s wall of sound that we're talking about? Yeah, right? definitely. Yeah. Yeah, we've always used harmonies. I've always used harmonies by music. And in the band, even I played in in high school, we were always harmonizing. Yeah, you guys do an excellent job of it. Thanks. And also on the vocals, on, I hope you take this a good way. Hmm. But on this one, you sound a little bit, to me, a little bit like yeah. Tom Petty. Yeah. Oh, sure. Yeah, I yes. got that a lot. Yeah. Okay, good. Yeah, yeah. I've, I totally hear that. It makes sense. I guess. It's a great compliment. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> I'm totally fine with that. So just before we play the song, I want to let everybody know that you guys when they hear the song, they're going to be like, wow, this is awesome. We got to go see these guys. And you have a gig coming up at the Green Light Bar on mm-hmm. January 26th. Yes, that's a solo gig. Oh, and okay. then, and so I'm doing, I do various gigs. Like sometimes I'll do solo guitar, solo with keyboards and looping. And then we have our full band too. Um, the next full band one locally right now is April 13th at okay. the, the Green Bench, Green awesome. Bench Brewery. And then something else exciting just developed today, and I'll let you know about it later that potentially might be happening. Awesome. <laughs> and the album is available on Spotify. It is. It's everywhere. And we also will have new music coming up at the end of March. We will have, um, we're going to be releasing multiple releases this year. Awesome. Maybe we yeah. can have you back then, too. Yeah, sure. Yeah. yeah. And there is a physical CD as well. Yep. Yeah. And vinyl. And vinyl. No way. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Yeah. Very cool. Where can we find the vinyl? If you go to our website, just jordanesker.com, and then there's a, a buy link, and it takes you to Bandcamp where you can buy it. Okay, cool. Awesome. And Esker is E-S-K-E-R? Yeah, that's right. Yes, thank, thank you. you. Here we are with No Point from the album Fail to Learn by Jordan Esker and the 100%.
Once again, that was Jordan Esker and the 100% with their song No Point from the album Fail to Learn, which you can get on Spotify. And you should. It's pretty awesome. Today we are at the Lure for lunch. We decided to meet up uh, with our friend and uh, one of the owners, Tom Golden. Yes. We're going to have him in for a podcast in the next couple of weeks. And we, prior to coming here, we were talking about a Cuban sandwiches for some, from some other unrelated thing. And so we had that on our mind. And here's what happened. It just so happened that on the lunch specials menu for today uh, was the nod, which is what I'm eating right now. It's a moho marinated pulled pork with Genoa salami, ham, and Swiss on Cuban bread. And they press it, and you can tell it's pressed in real butter. It's just Yeah, it was amazing. tasty. Yeah, it's very tasty. And it's dressed with uh, pickle and Dijonais. And I was very pleased because I wanted to ask for extra pickles and forgot. But it, it has just enough. It's, it's fantastic. Yeah, and having a Cuban sandwich on the mind as well, but wanting to get something different because I knew I'd get to try Lori's, and it was really tasty. Mm-hmm. I'm eating the uh, it's a taco item called the Hugo. It comes with two tacos, and then for uh, an upcharge, you can get a third one if you want. I just went with two, and it's kind of uh, Cuban sandwich inspired. It's got mojo marinated pulled pork with a spicy jicama slaw, and of course, pickle, and a sliced avocado, and it is delicious. And I, I did the first one as it comes. The second one, I'm going to add on some of the sriracha for some spiciness. Yeah, it looks looks really good, but has cilantro. Sorry. Check. So, uh, yeah, come check out the lure on the 600 block of Central Ave. Our Lunchbox segment is where we read opinions and answer questions from our listeners. Please email us at lunchbox at stpetersburgfoodies.com with your opinions, feedback, and questions to be featured in this segment. On last week's show, we had a good time talking with Max Glazer from The Shave Cave. That was episode 20, if you want to go back and check it out. Some of the comments we received were from, uh, first one from Ben Turchin, who is apparently Max's cousin. So proud of my cuz, what a story. And then another Ben, Ben Glazer, Max's brother. Simply amazing, loved it. And Dolly Marie says, way to go, Max. And lastly, Danny Umphreys says, great podcast regarding my favorite barbershop, The Shave Cave. Thanks for the love on Honey What being the featured artist. And guess what? Denny is the drummer of Honey What. New post on the website, stpetersburgfoodies.com. We have uh, two new reviews. Paul's Landing at the Vinoy. They opened almost a year ago, and we finally got around to reviewing it now. So check it out to find out what you should order. And then we have a brand new place that just opened just this past Friday called No Vacancy by the Hunger Thirst Group. That's on the 900 block of Central Avenue. It's the old King's place, which is also still the same ownership. And we loved it. We sampled several items. I think there's seven or eight of them. And we just really loved all the food, the atmosphere, ambiance, and the drinks are excellent as well. There is a fully detailed review that we just published yesterday on that. Of course, we have Abby's latest recipe, scallops with grapefruit, bacon, and chimichurri that we talked about earlier on the show. And Abby also has a new food truck review, Williamsburg Cucina, or Cucina. Abby said it was one of her favorites so far after reviewing food trucks every month for over a year. So check that one out. If you would like to comment on the show by email, you can write to lunchbox at stpetersburgfoodies.com. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and TuneIn, as well as Apple HomePad, Amazon Echo, Google Home. All of those will play the St. Petersburg Foodies podcast. This is Danielle Moore, and you're listening to the St. Pete Foodies podcast. It's the new year, and I stumbled across this article on Go Epicurious uh, called Five Tips to Eat Like a Foodie and Stay Healthy. And since it's the new year, I know a lot of us are trying to stay healthy, so going to give you a tip each week on working on staying healthy and eating like a foodie. The first one is live in color, eat in color. Color pops. It makes the plate visually stunning and it's no secret that we eat with our eyes. So this is where foodies can't resist pulling out their phone to take a picture of their plate. 
A colorful plate in front of you. A colorful plate in front of you is much more exciting. This is where lots of veggies come in. The more veggies in every color of the rainbow, rainbow the more veggies in every color of the rainbow, the prettier your plate and the healthier the meal. Think spinach, broccoli, kale, Swiss chard, sweet potato, carrots, butternut squash, peppers, and the list can go on and on. So I should nix the plate of cauliflower, mashed potatoes, and a filet of fish? Doesn't sound very colorful to me. No. Thanks for listening. Thanks to our guest, Tim Johnson. And thanks to our sponsors, Anata, Altamaro Fish Bar, and Engine Number 9. Our announcer is Candice Aviles from Meet the Chef and Channel 10 News, and our intro music is provided by the Chris Walker Band. We'd like to remind you to check out all the latest restaurant reviews, foodies news, top 10 lists, and updated happy hours on stpetersburgfoodies.com. If you're listening to us on iTunes or any other podcast app, please give us a rating, and also remember to share the show with your foodie friends. Until Until next time, time, may your food be hot and your bubbly cold.